This is the 4 0 written all over it podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the 4 0 written all over it podcast. As is becoming a habit, myself and Ollie are ready and raring to go through a relatively quiet week, I think. Yeah, <laughs> not much has happened, has it? <laughs> well, of course, we'll be having a chat and attempt to identify just where it all went wrong for Danny and Nikki. Um, as well as look ahead to potentially who the next boss should be at Fratton Park. We'll also uh, look forward to our day out in the capital this weekend, which is fast approaching, um, and also a, a discussion about the wider footballing world to finish. Your Oh, crikey, my phone's ringing. That's not a great start, is it? It's Alex Griffin. We can ignore that for now. Your reaction then initially, Ollie, to the news on Monday night at 10pm that Danny and Nicky had been relieved of their duties. We were discussing whether it was going to happen, and so it proved... Yeah, it's been a it's been an ever changing flow of emotions this week. I think for a lot of people, um, in in sorry, no, I just had dinner, folks. I'm really sorry. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by the decision that was made. I think you're probably, not surprised. No, I'm not surprised after what we saw at MK and then the result at Charlton. You know, and and the results we've had until that point. I think and with the reaction of the fans. At that game, I think it was a it's a real shame to see it happen, but it was the writing was on the wall. Unfortunately, you know, you said at the end of the video, you don't know how you come back from that, and you know, we we've seen Fratton Park ag- against uh, Jacket before, and I think it turned very quickly against Danny Cowley. Um, I don't think that's anything to do with a representation of Jacket being a better manager than than Danny Cowley or Nick Cowley, but I think it's more down to the fact that. Um, We've we've kind of grown a bit tired of this League One football as a club, and I think that right. every season we go into it with that ambition to be promoted. And you know, this we, is our sixth successive League One season. And this is the second season under Danny Cowley where we've had a phenomenal start to the season. Mm. You know, this is his second full season in charge, or was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, last last season we did a very similar thing. We started like you know, absolutely out the blocks, like no man's business, top of the league. You know, in in and amongst it, and then. All of a sudden, we go on this this run of of lost streak or no wins as such, and, and we keep doing that. We did it under him in the first season when we came tenth, and we we've seen it again this season. And obviously, dropping from joint first in sort of September October time to twelfth in the league and well out of place, it isn't isn't good enough, really. Unfortunately, when you say well out of place, that there are games in hand that you might argue could maybe bolster Pompey's ambitions. Yeah, but slightly. There, there is a there's a big saying, isn't there, though, that points on the board mean a lot more. Yeah, and I think that. Do you think it was the right time for him to go? <sighs> I mean, when is the right time? I think in terms of the the club's timing, I think they were kind of forced into an early decision in a way. I think they they would have had a choice of basically saying, look. Um, you know, we're not happy with the run of results we've had. Um, going into December, they probably all sat down early in December and said, look, we know we need X amount of points from these games. Like what we were saying really at the start of December, what we what our ambition would be for that month. Um, and then when we get those points, that'll put us in this position. And I also think there's a little bit of, do we have confidence in, in Danny and Nicky together as a management pair? Are they putting us in the position we in, intend ourselves to be at as a club? And obviously, it's a massive financial engine inside that club. It needs to be, you know, it needs fans coming through the door and wanting to come through the door for every game to fund the club, to pay for the players, to pay for the manager, to get us promoted, so on and so forth. And they're obviously going to be under pressure financially to make sure that we, the fans, stay happy for one, which obviously they've seen massive negativity in the last two home games. 
but also that you know a financial responsibility to keep us in that upper end of the league you know keep fighting in the you know if we get into the playoffs we go to Wembley there's a big gate there, there's more money at stake all those kind of things you know and if we're dropping out of those positions there, there's going to be that mindset of do we invest in January in this manager you know this manager is going to go out and he's going to make a selection of players that he wants to target to, to get in and what he believes he needs to make this club push forward um are we going to put the money on the table and give it to this guy knowing full well that he might not be here at the end of January if results continue? Um, do you think that's the, the decision they were weighing up then? Yeah, I think it's come to that point where it's, you know, do we keep Danny and Nicky and put everything into it and we go, right, we give them the players they need and, and push forward with the club? Or do we make that decision at the start of January to get rid of him, bring in a new set of eyes and ears and get a new fresh appearance and, and give that manager a chance to get some players in that's going to suit his way of playing and then hopefully push on to the end of the season back into the playoffs. And I think they were weighing that up. And, you know, if, if Fratton Park hadn't been as negative as it was in the last two games, and maybe we got a better result against Charlton, even a draw, I think we'd still see Danny and Nicky here. And I think that's what it boils down to. And I, I think it's a massive shame. You know, I said at the end of MK that the players obviously aren't fighting one way or another. It's either they're not fighting for the shirt or they're not being told to. And I think we've we've all seen this week the videos that have been going round of, of Danny and Nicky and you know when he was celebrating that win and he was so happy with it and he said that's all they want the show a bit of mm-hmm. fight a bit of battle that's all they want as fans and that's what he was talking about us as fans that's all we want to see and I think that was more the frustration I think we can take losing a game if the players play their heart out and they just haven't been of late and that's what the frustrations born out of that combined with being stuck in the league for six seasons now. Can I put? put a point to you that I um, had a little think about and we we actually had quite an in-depth conversation on the phone about this and I've, I've been we've probably been discussing football more 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 this week than mm. we would normally and and I think that's been the case for for pretty much everyone um, that, that I've been speaking to anyway that you kind of it's focused a lot less on what people are actually doing and kind of the social aspects and actually the, the whole conversation was revolves solely around what's going on at the minute and, and perhaps even rightly so my the discussion we were having, and you could see where I was coming from when I said that I think they pressed the panic button and shot from the hip too early with it all. And I think that's the reason why a lot of the shock was born out of in terms of the fan base being quite surprised that they had actually gone. And and I, I also said to you, I said that the fact that they're actually suggesting in, in some of the interviews, and I say they talking about an uh, interview that Andrew Cullen gave to BBC Solent that Oh, the managerial hunt starts now and myself and Richard Hughes will be looking at identifying possible targets, young talent that we can bring into the building for January. And I said to you, I would have thought that the incoming manager would have the control over, over what happens there. Um, and, and you told me that that, that wasn't unlike the, the, the norm in, in football. I want to put this one to you that I, I didn't mention at the time too. And it, it's kind of, I've had a, a few more chats. I've thought about it a little bit more. There was a, a video that came out on on all the club's social media channels. Uh, there's two sets, of, two videos. One of them was Andrew Cullen discussing the on-field stuff and the, the you know future moving forward, and then the other one was sort of ticketing issues and delays and stadium upgrades, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the usual stuff that's associated with with Pompey at the moment and the kind of the football surrounding it. And 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 this is not me criticizing the powers that be at the football club. This is merely an observation that I'd be interested to hear your thoughts and, and anyone listening to this as well. Um, and it's nice to be able to get this point across it in a podcast. So it's not really, I mean, we spoke about it a little bit in the four nil 
Thursday Live that we did, but perhaps not at, at the sort of discussion length that I I would have liked, and and this is really helpful for that. But at at which point do you do you think they have actually decided that right we're going to pinpoint that game is pulling the trigger because in those two videos that I mentioned a moment ago Andrew Cullen was not discussing the future of the manager at all he was harking back to the happy days of League One where we had a, a really opening a really fantastic opening 10 to 15 games of the season and he, he was talking about some of the the great wins that we'd had at Fratton Park like Peterborough for example and and, and the the away success that we'd had under Danny Nicky and and he was very clear to make the point and I'm not going to quote him directly but to me it was very much him going well yes we, we've had the good times and we know we're in a rocky patch of form but but we'll come through this and and Danny and Nicky will keep working and we are just slightly below the playoffs and and we've got games at hand etc etc and, and those were the the kind of lines he was taking those videos were published on the 23rd of December and the 24th of December respectively a week and a day or two later, Danny Cowley then gets the sack by Portsmouth Football Club. So you're you're saying to me that actually they've had this contingency plan in place for a while and maybe they're looking at the kind of the Christmas period and what we'll look again in January. But for him to come out, and I know it's one message to, to the fans and another message behind closed doors with board of director meetings, I completely understand and respect and actually encourage and, and feel positive about that. What what would be your response to, to that? To, to, to that kind of um, what, what I've said there, to, to that point of view that I've, that I've laid out. The thing is, it's, um, it's a really tricky job in terms of management of a football club. So as, as a, an example of that, you know, we've got a lot of players um, that aren't performing to the level they should be. Now, if the manager or uh, people in senior roles in the club come out and actively say in the media... This player's rubbish. <laughs> Excuse me. We might have to bleep that. Um, if this player is not playing well, you know, he's also an asset. So the club have purchased that player. Mm. They've invested in that player in terms of wages week in, week out. They, you know, they, they want that player to perform. And if he's not performing, they want to sell him for some money. Because they don't want to wreck him as a career and say, oh, this player's rubbish. You know, we need to get rid of him. And likewise with the manager. You know, if they actively came out in December and were... You know, going in on Danny Cowley and the club's confidence at an all-time low. Anyway, you know that's just going to push him out the door quicker, isn't it? So, I think they've got to to run this um, run this little PR chain and the whole the the way in which you you would look at a football club is if to say you know we we need to keep everyone's morale at the highest possible, including the players that aren't playing. You know, if the manager's not performing to the level that we expect if they started slagging them off I think we'd end up in a situation where it would have happened a lot sooner because the club and everyone supporting it would have been behind the decision to get rid of him I think as it stands there's probably a 50-50 split um, still today on whether it's the right choice or not I think everyone listening can probably understand why it's happened mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily get on board with it you know I, I was very much an advocate of Danny and Nicky I really liked them as a pair they've done a lot for the club a lot for the community it's a shame to see them go um, in my eyes I'd love to love them to have turned it around against Charlton got a win there and then and push forward with the rest of the season and, and had a really good run of it because we we were a matter of games away probably from turning it around getting a win getting it just needed one moment of confidence didn't it I yeah. feel like that's what it was crying out for but I do feel like that's similar to what we've played as football under Danny and Nicky you know we, we go through these runs don't we where we'll win five and six but then we'll you know we won't mm. win a game for 11 and it happened last year and it's happened again this year. So 
to win these leagues and to be up there in those positions, you need to have some consistency. Um, but we haven't had that for years. You know, we did the same thing under Kenny Jacket. It's not mm. a new thing. I just think our tolerance to it is probably a little bit shorter than it used to be because of the fact we've been through the mill so many times now. I want to talk to you about ambition um, and the. There's been a kind of a bit of a buzzword around these parts over the last what nearly well we're we're bang on seventy two hours at the time of recording. It's now ten o'clock on Thursday evening, and it was three days ago to the moment that I actually found out. Um, I actually found out through a journalist at about nine fifty nine as it goes. I got a <laughs> ping on my phone, um, and I looked at it, and I I had a moment to think that surely can't be right. Before ping Portsmouth Football Club have now actually confirmed the news um that I, w- I was dreading and and I was a, a little bit shaken up by it um I want to talk to you about ambition Andrew Cullen's come out and said to the news today that he anticipates that the transfer window business will be slightly impacted by the search for a new head coach what he means by that is that completely supports my point I think um and I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about the ambition if we're saying that this January transfer window is either going to be slowed down in terms of actually stuff that we can get done or perhaps even hampered by the payoff that the club have had to make to Danny and Nicky as a pair, then surely that is a step in the wrong direction. And and to build onto that point, in terms of incoming manager, the ambition, I think, and the only way that you would manage to get the Pompey faithful that are so detached from their football club at the moment, which was at one point pretty much you know, almost looked completely unexpected under Danny and Nicky. And I don't think we've seen such a detachment since since a very long time. It would take someone like a Chris Wilder as a name that you can put up in lights, get the rest of League One looking back in Pompey's direction in a positive way, rather than a week and go to Fratton Park and get three points and play, play this team off the park, like many teams have done so far this season. I say many, five have succeeded in beating us fair and square. But then there have been other draws such as your Oxford, Fleetwood, etc, etc. Shrewsbury came to Fratton Park and got a one or two. My question would be, are you concerned by this, what I've put in front of you, which is on our screen? Whether it be from a a time point of view, a personnel point of view, or even a, a monetary financial point of view. And also, would a name that perhaps underwhelms people and maybe may not be as positive as a step forward from Danny Cowley and might actually be a step backwards in terms of appointment concern you moving forward no I think what they're what they're saying is really they're just stating the obvious you know um who's going to join a football club without knowing the manager Hmm. nobody no one's going to come to Portsmouth when we don't know who our next manager is going to be you're not going to make a signing based on that so there's obviously going to be an impact in January because that we haven't got an announcement of a manager yet. So that you know, it's pretty obvious that that was going to happen in the first place. I think, um, you know, most clubs will have a person who specialises in transfers. You know, who will know some hot players around who are coming to end of contracts or unhappy at clubs or looking for a move. And there'll be a lot of chitter chatter within the the internal wheel of football about mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so the club will probably have already highlighted targets you know even Danny and Nicky might have already highlighted targets throughout December of who they feel you would have actually so, that so, the case, so yeah. there'll be positions where you know we'll know that we're looking maybe for a new centre back or a new left back or a new whatever it might well be or a new winger out wide left you know whoever it might well be that we we require there'll be that understanding from the club and a sourcing point of view of those players the difficulty is going to be is getting those players to sign and if we haven't got a manager announcement 
sooner rather than later, what you may end up doing is losing the players that you want to get to other clubs because they can sign them and we're not really in a position to do so. Um, as well as that, like you said, having the, the right name behind it. You know, if you if you picked a nobody manager out of nowhere, it's going to be less attractive for a player to come join the club. And fans. And for fans, yeah. And you, you've got to think that, you know, when, when Paul Cook left, I know this we're talking of years ago now, <laughs> Gary Roberts went with him. A lot of good players went with him to um, Wigan. Wigan at the time. So you generally see some managers have their favourites and they'll bring players with them across from where they've been before. And you imagine Billy players... Sharp in a Pompey shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the, the point, isn't it? You know, you, you've got to get the right man uh, in that job to get the right players to follow him and the right kind of ethos. And as well as that, you got to think that if you're gonna, you know, if we've got a manager that likes to play a set formation. There's no point in us bringing in a load of players that would have suited Danny's setup to then have a completely different setup. You know, we don't want to say we play three at the back with Danny, therefore we want three centre backs and a couple of spares. So we end up with five centre backs, but then we play a four-four-two under this new guy who's coming in, which then leaves us with three spare centre backs that we don't really need. You know, so the, there's always that mindset as well. You need to make sure the team and the resources that are being spent are being spent in the right places. Um, so I'm not surprised by the news of it. It's it's pretty obvious that was going to happen, I think, and hopefully we can act soon and get a good manager in place that can then bring some good players with us or some fresh ideas and, and help us move forward. Any names in mind for you? <coughs> I would love Lee Bowyer, personally. See, now, I don't get this. No, it, Where's that right, come from? So this has come from years of having friends that support Charlton. And when I watched quite a few Charlton games with them and listened to interviews and bits of that afterwards, and he always spoke about how his players gave him everything and he was very much a fighter and a battler and I think that that's what his team set up and his team ethos is which I think that we need to see that as fans you know we need to see a team going out there and fighting for the shirt and working for each other and battling and grafting and if we see that and the results aren't quite coming our way but we see the dedication and the want for it that will at least give us that confidence in that it's the right step. That's what we were saying earlier with getting the fans back on side as well. I think that would that would really help. Yeah. Not Chrissy Wilder then. Oh no, don't get me wrong. If Chris Wilder came in, I'd be ecstatic as well. Just if you gave me a preference of who I'd want. I, I don't know enough about Chris Wilder really to make an informed opinion on who would be a better manager out of the two for us. Um I think there's been some form of ushering that Liam Richardson won't be um a person uh, that we're, we're looking at. He, he is a person. Yeah, he's he's just a, not... He won't be a person. He's going to be ended <laughs> as a person. No, but he, he won't be a person that we're looking at to, to manage our club. I think that it's some highly his, unlikely. There's was some the historical... Term. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of tit-tat in the past um, that we... Um, yeah, it was not really worth going into, but no. it's um, it basically puts a, a bit of a mark against his name to say it's probably not likely to be him, which I think in in some ways may, may be a good thing. But there we are, and I think what we'll do is is by the time next Thursday rolls around, I'm sure we will probably have um, Ollie will have done his homework, and we will have a little bit more um, in terms of hopefully we might even have a manager to talk about. Who knows that that could yeah. be something quite exciting. Um, second little part we'll, we'll, we'll do that that long chunky 20 almost 20 minutes worth of of Danny Cowley departure chat and looking forward to the future we're off to Spurs on Saturday which is really exciting big day out in the capital um it's a little bit of a free hit I mean it always was going to be a free hit even without the the managerial switch around and the the turning of the herd that we've seen in the last um couple of weeks or so well even a couple of days 72 hours and eight minutes or so so 
we were about to go live now, I think. This was about that time. Honestly, I, I was sat there at, at my desk. I was like, Jesus Christ, I've literally got no moment, not even a moment to process this news. I'm just going to go straight on and start talking about it. Um, but people seem to enjoy it. So thank you if you were one of those that were there. Um, we'll go on to, to Spurs away. W what are you expecting? Is it a case of maybe damage limitation from you in terms of a goal line score wise or maybe just the day out perhaps? I'm excited to go see a stadium that is very similar to Fratton Park, but also well, it's similar in the terms it's got seats and two <laughs> goals and some white lines and some grass. Um, yeah. Even if it is real grass, I think probably half of it isn't. Um, but it, it will be interesting to go to that kind of a ground. I think it will be a, probably a big pickup for the players as well. Mm. You know, the players are probably needing something like this right now. I imagine morale is going to be quite hit at the club. I think a lot of players are very fond of Danny and Nicky, so their departure is going to affect them as well. But taking themselves to a place like um, Tottenham to see that stadium, to be part of that dressing room and to walk out onto that pitch against a, you know, a side that relatively, even if they play their B team against us, there's still going to be some very, very mm. world-class players in that in that setup. So it'll be amazing for them as an experience as a whole and hopefully a big pick-me-up to, to push on for the rest of the season. Uh, Results-wise, it doesn't matter. Like you said, it's, it's a free hit. You know, everyone's expecting us to go into this game to lose 4-0. Um, but, you know, if we manage to scrape a 2-1 or we manage to nick a draw in the last minute or something along those lines and we just give a good showing of ourselves, I think the fans will be happy. I don't think anyone's expecting anything different than us to lose, really, in honesty. You know, I would love to say otherwise, but hopefully we can just get there. The players can play against some good players, can see how they move, can see how they work, and and hopefully get a better understanding of the game and and push them forward with a bit of confidence into the rest of the season. I think it'd be amazing for someone like Colby Bishop and Jay Mingy, who you know I think we mentioned this when it might have been on this podcast actually when the the actual jaw came out. You think about Colby Bishop leading the line for Accrington Stanley not too long ago, and then all of a sudden he's leading the line against Tottenham Hotspur at the yeah. at their such an impressive stadium on on such a big stage, and and it it, it will be a, a I I just wish that they'd given Danny and Nicky the opportunity to manage the team at Tottenham. I know that's a, a week too late in terms of an and maybe the reason why they didn't is because they then give themselves this time to to get a fresh manager in before the next league game rolls around away to Bolton Wanderers this time of well this weekend approaching this time next week so yeah um, I, think, I think as well as that you've you said before i don't think we've got a home game till late in jan have we 21st yeah. yeah so you know we've got now a total of you know 17 16 days 15 days 15 days 16 days to find a manager um to get him into the club to get him settled with the team before they've got that first home fixture which is obviously going to be I, I we take obviously a lot of fans away but it's going to be less of a hatred away than there will be at home, you mm. know. And I think that that's what we need is that you know a bit of time for them to settle in, to get some players, um, to set the team up how they want to set up, understand the players a bit better, and then hopefully we can get a, a good run into that first home game with them in charge on the twenty first, and get a bit of you know confidence back in the club, the fans loving it again, back interested, and, and that'll be a, a massive step in the right direction. Twenty four league games to go. How do you see the the season panning out now with this? Uh... This news that there's uh, going to be a bit of a changing of the guard at the at the top of the the at least the first team operations anyway. Honestly, no idea. I would love to give you an answer, but I've got no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the the truth of it. it the, there's so many different ways it can go, isn't there? You know, you get a new manager in, you start this massive run, but um, you know, there's always that new manager. You know, 
switch up where you get a new manager in and most teams, what is it, like 90% of teams win their first game under them or something crazy like that as a stat. So it'll be interesting to see how that impacts us. Uh, we're, I think we're in a good position to get a new manager where we've got those couple of games in hand because you know, although we're sat in 12th in the league, with a good run of games, we could easily get ourselves back into that playoff position. You know, we are, how many points back are we? We're on 31 and sixth place are on 40. And we've got two games in hand, including the game against them. Um, so really three games in hand, including the game against them. Uh, so we could, you know, quite easily get a good run going, get ourselves back into those sort of sixth to fifth position in the league and, and have a good crack at the playoffs. I think it's an opportunity for us to get into the playoffs. I don't see us getting any closer to the playoffs than fifth or sixth by the end of the season. But who's, who's to say this new manager won't come in and make a huge difference and go on a massive run, get in the playoffs and get promoted out of nowhere. That could also happen this season. You know, we, we saw it the year that Frank Lampard got sacked from Chelsea. They won the Champions League. Mm. And, you know, who's to say that that, you know, I'm not saying that we're Chelsea and we're going to win the league, of course, but we're still in a position where we can attack the playoffs. And I think that's a really positive place to be with a new manager coming in. So hopefully the right man in charge will be able to make that run. What do you think about it? No one ever asks me. I don't know. Well, I, I, I've, <laughs> I've spent, I, I've expressed my, what do I think about, oh, to the end of the season? Yeah. Um, I think we've got an advantage given the fact that we've played the least amount of games of any team above us. In some cases, there's three, there's, there's one, there's two, or there's three games in hand against teams above us. And Yes, granted, there are a couple of those that are against teams that are in fifth and sixth for this moment in time, and then there's also one against Accrington Stanley away from home, which you know might as well be against the team that's fifth or sixth because you never know which way that one's going to go, um, conditions-wise and whatever. It's never a, a place that we go and, and have fond memories coming away from. I think there is a lot to do. I'm just concerned by the fact that this entire group of players unless there is wholesale change in January, which is just not plausible and not going to happen because there's not there's not enough time in, in the window to do so. And there's also not the inclination from the football club to do anything. This whole squad is built around the ethos of Danny and Nicky. And each and every one of those players, as a result of the last three transfer windows, has been brought in by Danny and Nicky and has worked with them before. I'm thinking of the likes of Joe Morrell, Josh Griffiths, um, Sean Raggett's been with Danny and Nicky at Lincoln in the past before as well. So they have a lot of history and a lot of previous with a lot of these players. And that is why I was a little bit shocked to hear about some of the, the, the talk about that there'd been a loss of the dressing room. Well, you know, these are the people that brought them to the club. And, and Joe Morrell came out publicly today and said that the, one of the main draws to the football club was that Danny and Nicky are in charge of it um, when he joined a, a couple of transfer windows ago. So... My my issue is, is the new manager going to come in and instill enough confidence in a beaten group of players? And you've mentioned how there'll, there'll be some reaction to, to the news that Danny and Nicky are no longer in charge anymore. Um, but at the end of the day, they're all professional football players. And actually on paper, they are a top, top six side. They maybe even compete for a top four spot as a squad in League One. I just think there is an awful lot of work to do. If it's Chris Wilder... I have every confidence that with a man of his pedigree and a man that's done this before and a man who actually comes with an awful lot of attributes for getting out of just such a position in a short space of time with a limited budget, I think he'll do it. I think any other name would underwhelm me and a lot of Pompey fans and I think that's something that the club are aware of and I think they'll be moving heaven and earth to, to get him in. 
Yeah, well, hopefully so. You know, I, I think we can we can really push forward with the right man in charge. I think that's the key, isn't it, is getting the right person. I think that's probably more of a focus than getting the right players in the January window. I think we'd all rather see a bit of confidence behind the man who's leading the club forward. You know, we, we don't want to see someone come in from January to the end of the season and then leave. They're not going to do that. No. no. We, they we want should... a long-term future yeah. manager that's going to be at the club for yeah, a while. Exactly. Should we chat Ronaldo just briefly? Would who, you like to? Who, what, Cristiano? Cristiano. Who's he? Where's he gone? Well, is there he's, been um, news, is there? Well, uh, did you see the clip of him accidentally calling it South Africa rather than Saudi Arabia? Did you see that? No, I haven't. But if oh, it right. Yeah, no, he was. Uh, I'm so grateful to be here in South Africa to end my career. It was. Um, it was a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's a big PR stunt more than anything else. I think that a lot of cash. I don't know what the breakdown was, but it's um, it's, it's something 67 ridiculous. Seven million pounds a year. Yeah, mm. something crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's absolutely bonkers. Um, it's more than most people earn by the second per year for him, I would imagine. Yeah, it was something crazy. Again, it was like five or ten grand a minute or mm. something. It's bonk. It really is nuts. That's nearly four nil ad revenue territory. Yeah, exactly. So We're getting. You, he's you getting know. near us, isn't he? Which he is, we need yeah. to. We need to put him back in his box, mm. really. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that it was. It's one of those things where you know. You, did you see the opening of it where he came out and the CR seven mm. banners were yeah, everywhere was, and welcome to the club and it was so, unlike anything I've ever seen before. Really, yeah. it was quite. Um, it was huge. Was it? it was a massive unveiling. A bit over uh, the top. I think that it, yeah, a bit over the top. Um, I'm not sure Chris Wilder will get the same unveiling if he gets the job at Pompey. If um, come on, Andy, yeah. we know you're listening. Get him in. <laughs> get him in, please. Um, but it, it effectively for his brand, it's huge, isn't it? You know, he's going to access that whole Asia market with that where he's playing football. You're going to see, you know, for for Nike, I'm sure they're loving it. Mm. You know, this is a, a massive opportunity for them to sell a lot more of the partnership they got with Cristiano Ronaldo um, throughout the wider part of the world. Um, I heard something quite funny today, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But um, apparently, their biggest rival club has started to sell shirts with Messi on the back. Wow. Just um, to, to sell some extra shirts, which is quite funny, really. Yes. Obviously, Messi's not signing for a Saudi Arabian team. Because um, no, he's the greatest of all time and he would never end up doing something <laughs> like that. But it's, um, yeah, I think I think what it will end up being is obviously you'll, you'll see a lot of people in these countries buying CR7 shirts and, and that's basically what it boils down to. I think it just helps his brand awareness globally. Um, we saw what it, it did to Manchester in... United, didn't it? Yeah, when he went it, back there. So that I was. Mean, I mean, there was a thing when he joined Juventus um, that he they paid. I can't remember how much they paid for him to join from uh, Real at the time. I think it was like twenty or thirty million, something in that region. But they sold enough shirts to cover his um, purchase in the first week. Mm. So, I think that just goes to show, you know, what what you're going to get with that kind of a person, that kind of a brand, um, and that's all he's really there to do. I think. On a side note from that, for him personally, it's probably going to keep him playing football actually where he's playing. So he'll be fit enough to play maybe in the Euros because I think that's his ambition more than anything. Um, I think if he joined other teams in Europe, he'd be in a similar situation. It was at United where he's not really getting enough game time. Yeah, um, It's too highly charged in yeah, Europe, isn't it? Exactly. And, and he's uh, unfortunately for him, his game was very much built around pace, power, speed, strength. And when you get older, those things start to slowly move away from you and he's slowly getting a bit slower and you know, not as strong. He's still strong, don't get me wrong, but he's not the same player as he was when he was you know, in his prime and his element. So I think that 
with that relied, you know, his game is very heavily reliant upon that against someone like Messi, who's very tactical, very technical, read the game, move into the game, slowly work his way into it. Ronaldo is, you know, dominantly this powerhouse of performance. And if he's slowly moving away from that edge, then he hasn't really got an advantage on better players in the Prem or better players in, you know, France, Germany, wherever it might well be. Messi has the advantage of longevity, doesn't he, with his kind of style of play. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's not surprising that he's done it. It's a a shame for him, in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a shame for football, um, for him to end his career in that kind of a place. It would have been nice for him to to go out with a bang at Man United for him personally and and stay there for a few seasons and maybe get them into a position where they're in the Champions League and he's still in and about and playing and encouraging the next set of players to come through at United and being more of that you know, senior role at the club with experience and this is how you train and this mm. is how hard you work and, and bringing that ethos. Um, it's just, he's obviously done it for himself, this move, more than anything. And I think the money is obviously going to be a big help to that. Do you know what my favourite thing was out of all of it? Was when um, the the male sport and the the sun sport pages, who having seen them in action personally, I know that there's there is an awful lot that goes into making sure these things are, are spot on and correct before they go out. Um, and then Piers Morgan replying to some of the tweets and going, "Absolutely not true, not going to happen." Um, and then three weeks later, he signs for the exact club that they go. And they've all, <laughs> they've tweeted orig- originally that he was going to, but Piers has been told by his mate Ronaldo that he's not going. Um, and then Piers was like a mug. That's my my favourite part of it all. Um, right, that's it from us. Thank you for being with us again. Uh, it's an it's an absolute pleasure to have your company as always, and and thank you for for sticking with us. I'm re- I'm really glad that we're supplementing you with with this, Ollie. I think it's well, not you personally, but the oh, the you. audience listening and the um the four nil diehard fans who who can't get enough of of everything that that we put together, which is uh, which is great to see because we we really enjoy doing it. And and actually, it it gives you a chance to get your thoughts straight about things, doesn't it? And and we can kind of discuss things in a lot more detail than maybe we'll be able to on the video, and and certainly maybe in the in the Sunday shows as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you everyone out there for listening as well. Yeah, you know, you, you guys are the reason we do this sort of thing. Um, it's been great to see the response we've had so far to the podcast. So just make sure you keep telling your friends out there that we're doing it because I think a lot of mm. people are probably still unaware that we are. So let them know if you're enjoying the podcast and, and share it with your friends. And, and you know, we'll, um, we'll keep bringing the content as much as you guys keep wanting to listen. So thank you. See you at Tottenham. Yeah, play up Pompey. <laughs> <laughs>